Hey. It worked. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a long time. <laughs> if, if, if people, if everyone who's listening right now knew what we just went through to get here, that would be, uh, a, fun, that'd be a fun laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Shark, um, your phone's plugged in, right? Mine is, mine, mine's close to dying, so that's why I'm saying it. Make sure that... Um, yeah, right. as long as your phone's plugged in. Um, yeah, I really like the idea that you had earlier um, of like, you know, talking about, you, you, you said like talking about uh, doing the things even when you don't want to do them, right? That's what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, I feel terrible right now and not terrible. I just feel sick and it has to do with going to the chiropractor for the first time mm-hmm. um and i don't really have energy or desire to do anything but i really rested i slept i slept nine hours and stay in bed so i have either i just do nothing and keep doing nothing or do the things i want to do um despite feeling like this um so I just wanted to and I know you were not feeling um that good either but I'm still being productive and I'm still not really pushing myself too hard but I'm just doing what I need to do and in the past I would just get emotional very emotional and kind of do things that were not healthy for me and right now I'm just kind of trying to be aware that I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm gonna get emotional or or if I do, well, yeah, this is happening. I know why it's happening. And even if I didn't, I still I'm still in aware. I'm still in control of how aware I am. Right. Um, whatever happens, I am I am observing. And I can make choices still. And that's what's happening today. And like I said, I know that you also were not feeling very well, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's like the energy or that, you know, like it wasn't until I met you that I started getting into like, like, oh, like, what, what sign is the moon in? And (laughs) And, like, like after getting into that, after like learning about it and stuff. I mean, for a lot of people, it's probably laughable, but after, like, learning about that stuff, like, the amount of times that it was accurate uh, versus the amount of times that it wasn't was wild to me. Um, So I don't know if that has anything to do with, like, what we're both feeling, but I do know that there's a huge aspect of healing at play right now. Yeah. And, you know, in in both of us, of course. I mean, of course, you know, like, collectively around the planet there's a massive aspect of you know just transformation and healing um but like in our own individual lives you know like you 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 can't you can't have much more of a confirmation that things are different than when your psychologist tells you you know validates to you that you're healing so that that was huge for me that happened recently um and of course no one's going to get that they're going to be like they're like, oh, like, like what? Like a, a relationship? It's like, no, life. 
<laughs> every everything that has happened. Um, yeah, or, you know, like, what, like what, whatever it is. But what I wanted to ask you, sweetheart, was um, do you have an, <laughs> do you have an example? What? Nothing. I'm uh, just listening to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so cute. Um, do you have an example from the past where, like, you didn't want to do something, but then following through with actually doing it put you, not only put you in a better position, but realized that if you weren't to have done the thing, then you would have been probably in a worse off position? Yeah, uh, it's constant in my life. Um, you're not sure if it looks like this is how it is for most people as well. Mm-hmm. Do, do what you need to do and get things done. <laughs> right. Um, sometimes you have to put yourself through stress, and I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be somebody that is always in a stress mode and inducing the stress um, or trying riding the waves of stress, but it happens. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the kind of, I just want to be a witness of what's happening to me. And maybe later I will, some wisdom will come out of it, but this is something I do. I, for a long time, I do things I don't want to do, and I just do them because I know that they will. This is what's right for me. This is what is gonna get me mm-hmm. to achieve something, and just do it anyway, even if you don't feel like it. And I really, I mean, I come from parents and figures of authority that agree with that. <laughs> So it has right. never been questioned or like it has never been uh, something that we need to talk about. It's like you do it because you need to do it, period. <laughs> uh, of course, I always uh, I have always done at some points, I have also done the opposite. Like if I don't feel like doing this, regardless if it's going to be positive or negative for me, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to rest and do nothing and not going to progress. And that also, that's also important. It's been important for me. I think the center of all is the choice, like being conscious in the intention of why are you doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, that has been the most important thing for me to be aware that I am in control of the choice. Um, nobody is forcing me to do anything. Um, uh, and no, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I let, or I, I kind of become unaware of that. Right. Um, even if I cannot control what's happening and bad things happen and difficult i'm always in control of um my choices um always even if they're terrible choices i need to make right Um, i think that's regardless of um what's happening that's the most important thing for me i see 
what's the most important thing for you in difficult situations? In difficult situations, well, I, I really, I really like what you said about conscious choices. You know, being being completely aware of what it is that you're about to dive into, because you know, going back to like. I can imagine that people listening to this right now, as well as many other people out there that aren't familiar with this podcast, I think a lot of people have, or not not actually have, but they, metaphorically, they feel like they've got a gun against their head, and they're being pressured into doing things that they don't that they don't want to do. You know, I I grew up with a number of people who um, whose parents basically put them in positions where they were pursuing routes, whether it was, you know, relationships or careers or, you know, whatever it was, but routes that they genuinely had no interest in. And I mean, I think that this gets a bit deeper and goes into, you know, like, okay, well, you get to make your own choice. Oh, but my family has such a big influence on me. Okay, I get it. But the... Sorry to interrupt you. No problem. Go ahead. <laughs> It's always their choice. It, it's their choice to become the victim and it's your choice to let other people choose things for you and be that person that you're still choosing. Like the things that you are never out of the uh, the choosing mode. You're always choosing what's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in, I've, I've had talks regarding free will with people. Um, and many people, you know, they, they, they think that, okay, well, they don't have a say in what actually, they, they feel like their life is already designed for them and they don't get to make choices. And I look at that and I'm just like, bullshit. <laughs> if, if it comes down to you having to, you know, go to whoever, regardless of whether it's your parents, your siblings, your teacher, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. If, if it comes down to you having to go to them and just cutting ties with them, just to get them to see that you're serious about your direction, what it is that you want in life, then that's what you've got to do. Um, what do you think Teal Swan would have to say about this, Carla? Oh. <laughs> she, she's probably made videos about this, right? Yeah, I watch every almost every single video. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, um, I think she would agree that there's always, I mean, she sees people not as an unity. Like, for example, oh, you are people, let's say, uh, Charlie. Charlie is not Charlie for her. Charlie is a uh, combination of parts that and each part within Charlie are is as important as the other. So we kind of see ourselves as individuals that are like this single block. Like I am me and me is just this one thing, but we are not really like that. Uh, I agree with her about we we just this different voices inside, different living beings inside. And they're all kind of competing with each other for our attention. I don't, I'm not sure if she would agree with me in that one, but I like how she puts, raises that awareness over that because sometimes we resist ourselves because 
um, we think that that voice inside of us is not part of us. It's just something um, kind of outside of us. And now that all everything, even our light or darkness, the parts of us are happy about something or angry mm -hmm. or threatened, threatened about something, happy, like all of them are valid and they're all living inside of us. Mm -hmm. um, we are the awareness behind all those parts, of course, uh, but we have to acknowledge their existence. Otherwise, what you resist, persist. And that's something she says all the time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we have a dark side. We have a light. We have uh, beautiful parts, dirty parts. Um, um, all of that is part of us. Um, I think the parts of us that are ashamed, the parts of us that are sad, they are satisfied, like all of that. We need to pay attention to all of them. The, the difference is that we should not let them be on the driving side. Um, <laughs> right. They are passengers kind of like talking to us, <laughs> um, right. but they're not in control. And like I'm a Christian, and I think that um, just let God be in control. Oh, you're gonna be fine right. but yeah <laughs> i'm really i'm really happy that we explored well i should say you explored the stuff regarding teal swan and like parts and everything i i kind of want to dive a little bit into um personality because you know i i i grew up with well i'm not going to name the name but one person specifically and I think a few other people saying to me that a certain way that I am, a certain way that I portray myself or a certain behavior is not like me. And I think what that a lot of mean? other people, sorry. What did, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by? So basically when, when someone says that's not like you, it's like, it's like, okay, you're displaying this type of behavior or this type of, um emotion or this type of way like like we're we're used to this chris whatever you just gave me is not chris and i don't like it and therefore i will not tolerate it so it's it's uh it's um that's not like you <laughs> that that maybe that's familiar with a, a part of you but not all of you right right exactly and um this is something that i'm pretty sure i explored with my psychologist actually and uh, we both had a good laugh about it because I'm sure that you understand it too, Carla. Um, we are many, like you were saying, parts. You know, it's not like, like you, can, you can grow up believing because of how you're conditioned within the family. Uh, you, can, you can grow up believing that, well, you learn to neglect these different parts. Like say, for instance, anger is not acceptable in the household. And so, therefore, you have to suppress it, neglect it, and that becomes a shadow part of you because you just you just neglect it until you don't even work yeah. with it anymore. And that's not a healthy household. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a healthy household. Of course, <laughs> any any um any household that teaches you that any part of your personality, or not not even any part of your personality, just any any household that teaches you that an emotion is not okay or that is unacceptable or it should be neglected 
is very unhealthy. It's very toxic. And then this is ultimately what ends up happening because, you know, people who display, all right, by the way, anger, sadness, frustration, happiness, joy, depression, all those different things. I'm going to exclude depression from this because I feel like that's its own kind of entity, but all those other emotions, there's nothing wrong with them. And being, being a human, sorry. Uh, I'm listening. Being, being a human being is within that experience there is everything that comes with it and to learn that anger is not acceptable and therefore you need to suppress it and never show it. Um, you basically fuck yourself up. Um, and that's bad because then, you know, you're going to not only neglect it, but you're going to disidentify from it so much that you're not going to believe that one, you might have anger problems later on, or two, that anger continues to be an un- unacceptable emotion to express and display. Um, yeah, the reason why I'm going into this is going back to parts, because as I was actually just doing the, uh, um, what was it, the completion process the other day, babe, this was so funny, <laughs> literally like, <laughs> He, he was just walking me through the process and everything. And he was like, okay, so now you're going to, because they stay, they feel like they're, they're safe to integrate with you. You're going to integrate all of your, all of your parts. And I was like in this dream, like Sahara desert thing. And I just saw like, like just an entire line of my parts, like going over and down and up and down the hills and everything. Like there's so many of me, there's so many of everyone. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, well, I think that, um, I, uh, a child, especially men, like boys, um, not that it doesn't happen to girls, but we are born with, all of us are born with this aggression, (laughs) um, and children, um, I think uh, I really like James Patterson because he talks about this. Um, Children are socialized into kind of being, uh, their children are made to grow out of it or resist or push down. And, and forget about that aggression. They are socialized to the point that they forget that they have it in them. And something that helps in that process is uh, parents that are telling them, no, that that's not like you. That's not who, that's not how we do it. That's not acceptable. You can be like this. You can be, we, um, we are all supposed to get along. We're all supposed to be um, always uh, being happy that you can be sad. Or to girls, I remember being told when I was very little, don't cry because you're gonna look ugly. Don't, don't put a sad face because you're gonna look ugly and girls are supposed to wanna be pretty and those emotions are not pretty. Um, don't show negative emotions. Like we are, taught very since we're very little um not to show our um big emotions like I tell my daughter um 
And I think a, 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 a parent, a good parent, like James Patterson says, is supposed to um, help channel that energy, that emotions in, into something that is uh, uh, productive for the person, productive for society, but not disqualified and not uh, push them down. Let the child, let the child be who it needs to be in that moment. Let right. teach them that though, teach them to learn to search through those emotions. For example, um, when you, I didn't know that when I, when I was, when I get angry, when I get really angry, um, I didn't know that it's a cover emotion. I didn't know what to do with my anger because nobody sat me down when I was little and helped me do the search for what's going on in inner search or yeah. just express expression, expression, and then kind of, kind of being sort of like, um, curious about why I feel the way I feel and why is my body and my mind guiding me into this emotion what's behind it and I didn't know that anger is a cover emotion for uh fear for feeling threatened mm -hmm. and, and so anger in, in itself is a good thing it's, it's it's pointing you into a direction it's trying to help you get out of a situation or help you move towards something that you actually need for your in your life uh, journey and and when you're little you're not taught this you're taught to just push it down and like like Till Swan says, what you resist persists, it's gonna come out again. Right. <laughs> it's always gonna come out. Right. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Like we um we need to teach children that it's okay to feel whatever they're feeling and 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 go even farther to help them become curious about why they're feeling what they're feeling, instead of just covering up like covering up in shame and trying to save the children from having emotions by distracting them with something else. Like, here's the cake. Here, let's go. Let's forget about this. Like, that, that's just not what is going to be conducive to developing healthy human beings for what's coming. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, love, I love everything that you just said. It was, it was wonderful. Um, I think that we kind of, we, we, the, the hand that we've been dealt, it's not that, you know, our parents are like inherently bad or anything, or, you know, they had bad intentions. Um, I think that you just kind of, you might not know that what you're doing is actually harmful. And a lot of parents, um, they, well, my, my, my parents specifically, um, I remember they, t they told me that they vowed to never hit us and they never hit us. Um, whether that has to do with something else or something bigger is a different story. Um, I just remember hearing that from them and growing up myself, like I, I always like, I, I would watch parents hit their children and I'm like, you're losing <laughs> you're, with, with every, with every, with every spank, with every smack you're losing. And not necessarily. Like I come from a Hispanic culture where parents hit their children all the time, and children. I mean, when I look, when I listen to a lot of um, 
my friends and divide them by ethnicity and cultural background. Um, uh, most of my Hispanic friends love their parents and I'm still very close to them. Um, hitting a child is never okay. Hitting anyone is never okay. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's in self-defense. But um, what what I wanted to put attention in is when a parent says, I will never hit you. <laughs> um, that is great, but that's their parents' story because their parents, maybe their parents hit them or maybe their social um, s- story around the time their parents start having children is like, don't hit your children. So the child doesn't really, it's not really expecting anything like that. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like I say, um, I will never dress you in a tutu and parade you down the streets. Like, it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> a chi- for a child, it's a new, it's okay. Thank you for the information. Um, it, it's just story. It, it, it's kind of like you have a story about who you are and you're just telling the child something about you. Right. Um, I don't think it's, um, I mean, it's wonderful that a parent does not physically or mentally or emotionally or financially or in any way um, abuse their children. But it is not a mark of, it's, it's not a mark of excellence to tell a child you will not do something that you're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um... Um, I think that, I mean, I think that you wanted to talk about your parents um and you you are incredibly attached to your parents you love them right Mm -hmm. um that is a success to me um i see i mean since i moved to the u.s i i never seen uh, such a um high amount of adult um children of people of like from here that tell me they hate their parents they don't want to talk to their parents they, or they are really irritated around their parents i do, i come from a culture well you are supposed to love your parents <laughs> and oftentimes it, it, oftentimes it's sincere you love your parents i never been in a society where the majority of people have some sort of resentment oh, at least based on my, what i when I talk to my my friends here, they have resentment and sometimes even hatred. Sometimes they don't even talk to their parents. So in that regard, the fact that you get along with your parents and love them and respect them, regardless of how they the mistakes or whatever they did, uh, that's a success to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I think I think I'm tr- I'm trying to think of the people that I've known in life that grew up with parents that were literal fuck faces because <laughs> you know I it's not like they don't exist out there you know like s- some some children's anger towards their parents is 100% justifiable because for absolutely zero reason at all um you know they they kick the shit out of their kids and you know one usually 100% of the time 
it has everything to do with the parents' trauma, the parents' bullshit, and nothing to do with the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I hear someone say, uh, you know, like you were saying, like, oh, I, I hate my parents. Okay, well, if it's because they asked you to do laundry, then grow up. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny, but, like, some people are that ridiculous. But if someone is locked inside of the darkness of low energy, you know, and it's because for whatever reason, their parents just decided to kick the shit out of them. That's fucked up. That's much deeper. And that's much more serious than uh, do your laundry, you know, like um, that's the reality for a lot of kids out there. Um, There, there are a lot of kids out there that are being dressed up in, you know, um, personality issues and disorders because they grew up in a cesspool of a fucking household where they were terrified of their parents because it was much more than just, you know, do your laundry or put your dishes away or this, that, and the other. It was for no reason. I'm just going to come to you and kick the shit out of you until you can't breathe anymore. And it's the reality for, for many, you know, um, for many kids out there. I can't, I can't imagine that even some of the people not, not that I ever, you know, like grew up like closely with, but maybe some people that I was acquainted with, um, their parents were that, you know, this is, this is the way that I say it, or this is the way that I see it. I should say bullying doesn't happen for no reason. You know, like you don't, you don't go into a household and then, you know, have great parents and, you know, parents to support you and stuff. And then decide to go to the, decide to go to school next day and throw some kid up against the locker. Unless there's something else going on in your life. Like, you know, I, th- I think that much of bullying is a result of what's happening in the household. I'm pretty sure that that's already been concluded, too. But, um, yeah, there are some serious and fucked up parents out there. That's not to be uh, negated. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've, met, I've met people who, like, sincerely dislike their parents or hate them. And, like, I meet the parents and I'm like you, my friend, are a bitch. (laughs) Like, you you have, you have nothing but support here. And, you know, you've just been asked to take the trash out, and you hate your parents. Well, sometimes you don't really know. Um, What happened um, in my personal life is like, I got to meet people that were incredibly supportive. And, and I have deal with people that look, look a certain way and act a certain way. But but all the support and all the niceness is kind of like a mask as well. Mm-hmm. So there is actually a lot of control and abuse and lack of boundary, like boundary violations. And you don't really realize until you get to know them a little bit farther because they have this mask of um, kind of like love bombing, giving, gifting. And so it's, it's hard to tell by just meeting someone if they're abusive to their children or not, or if they are hard in any way, um, maybe not abusive, but disrespectful of the child boundaries. Like It's hard to tell at the beginning. You do need to actually be in that household and understand why a person is saying, okay, I don't, my parents are this or that and they, uh, you, you won't be able to tell by just meeting them because a lot of people are very good at disguising their abusive tendencies. 
Absolutely, sweetheart. Yep, I 100% agree. And I'm I'm actually really glad that you brought that up. Um, you know, you were you were discussing the detailed logistics as to why somebody could grow, you know, in resentment towards their parents. Um, lack of boundaries is a huge thing, especially you know, like when you've lived your entire life in a. Uh, I guess we could refer to them as uh, psychosomatic families or psychosomatic systems. And the way that these work is it's just nothing but uh, dysfunctionality that exceeds beyond like way, 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 way beyond the norm. Um, and, you know, it has to do with different dynamics within the uh, the relationships within the household, whether it's between the parents or between, you know, the sibling, like whatever it is, you know, um, all that stuff leads to challenges, you know, uh, boundaries are something which is interesting, but boundaries are something that still a lot of people are not familiar with. And they're also mm-hmm. something that even if somebody's not familiar with, I think that there's kind of like a natural inclination that it's like, okay, there should be a foundation here. There's not a foundation here. Something's wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but, um, and I can't even say if or if I haven't ever felt this, but before even knowing about boundaries, did you ever have like an inclination, like a, like a, I don't know, a, like a felt sense that something was wrong in terms of your relationships with people? Yeah, you, you even as a child, you know what someone violates a boundary. You have these sensations, which is like you're taught not to feel your God not to respect what your God's feelings are telling you. You you are born with an inner guidance system and you're born knowing when somebody is um, violating something that it, it shouldn't. Um, my child was playing, I just want to put an example, if that's mm-hmm. okay. Absolutely. My child was playing with slime and she fell asleep I didn't notice that she had slime in her hair. And the more in the morning, when I was in the kitchen making breakfast, she started telling me that something was in her hair stuck. And I realized that it was dry slime. So I just, I didn't think about it. I just took, I just went up in the drawer and I cut that part. When she saw that I cut her hair, she started screaming. Um... Not because she was in pain. It was just a tiny little bit. Um, But I didn't really ask permission. I didn't explain what was happening. I realized that I was just taking something from her head (laughs) without without properly uh, explaining. I was going to trespass a boundary. Um, We need to be more mindful. I need to be more mindful. Um, of little things because a child knows like she she screamed um, because I took her hair I, I and I was gonna just toss it in the garbage and it, and what I did is like I, I I went down to her on my knees I showed her her hair I explained to her why did I cut this little bit and I said I'm sorry I didn't ask permission to cut it mm-hmm. and she understood um, and did some repairing um, I took her hair I put her in a in a in a Ziploc bag and I put her in a jewelry box and she kind of uh calmed down 
and she was very um she was understanding uh, what happened after I explained but you know like details like that we don't really realize how much we uh get into each other's personal spaces and boundaries uh uh how much we trespass them and and then when we see another person angry we just say oh this is silly i don't we disregard uh we don't uh because we're not used to uh being that sensitive to each other and i think that if we teach children about their boundaries other people's boundaries we wouldn't have all this anger and resentment building up um when they are grown grown ups um and i they like i said uh, you were asking i think that we are born knowing boundaries we just decided to ignore god feelings about that right right and it's interesting that you say that too i'm really <laughs> I'm actually very interested in what you just said. We we are born knowing boundaries. We just learn to neglect our gut. Um, I'm going to uh, insert the idea of our parents being God to us uh, because that's what they are. I mean, they, they are our sense of direction, our sense of guidance. Um, but I think that, you know, like what you were saying regarding us being born into understanding what boundaries are, but neglecting them. And the reason that we neglect them is because our, our gods neglect them or maybe not even. Well, it's, it's not that they don't know about them. Cause I guess they were born with them too. They were born understanding that, but it's also, you know, um, they probably, they probably had their, their boundaries violated as well. So they were just like, okay, this, this is, this is just the way it is. And then that's repeated over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like when I when I was going into the matter of, well, <laughs> first of all, when I learned that my family, um, I don't know if I should bring them into this actually. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk about personal stuff like that. Um, it, when when you when you find out that people that you've known your entire life are another way i guess you could say um it kind of like makes you be like whoa wait what (laughs) and then it makes you realize how much stuff you didn't know about everything um i'm just very interested in the whole kind of uh you know like you were saying darling uh you're born with this understanding of boundaries and then at some point you know because your gods you know they uh they violate them over and over and over and over again you know you you learn that the violation of your boundaries is is acceptable but at the same time they learned that the violation of their boundaries was acceptable through their parents and their parents learned that their their boundaries uh you know their their boundaries being violated was like it's just it's really interesting to to look at the latter and the 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 tree of it all like okay this is how these people influenced these other people you know in terms of family and stuff um but yeah to the extent that dysfunctionality uh exists and persists within families points towards psychosomatic uh, systems um and it's really interesting stuff 
it's kind of it kind of like sh- uh, displays an imbalance within the system and shows you why things are the way that they are. But I kind of want to dive a bit back into what you were saying regarding uh, your your daughter, Perla, because I really like what you said. You know, like you, you were like you cut her hair and you didn't even tell her what was going on. You didn't even ask her if you could. I think that a lot of people out there just assume that it's their right. I think that a lot of people out there kind of assume their children as their property. It's a very dangerous standpoint to take. Um, how do you feel about mm-hmm. that? Um, about the, the parents making it their problem, the children making it their problem. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Um... You can you can, can hear, you, you can hear me right? Yes, yeah, so I hear a delay and then it cut. But can you repeat, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I was basically saying, what was I saying? I was I was talking about. I, I just got a call from somebody. That's why I was doing that. Um, I was basically saying, uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. I was regarding your daughter, and you know. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. So you were like, instead of, well, you, you, you just cut her hair, but then at the same time, you were like, okay, um, maybe I should have told her what was going on. Maybe I should have asked her if I could do so. And then I was like, but most people don't even consider that. They just consider their, their children as their property and they will do with them as they wish. And I was wondering how you feel about that. Yeah, children are not property. Children are their own person. Right. I I don't have a say on um what is important to her. She defines that. Um of course, just by being around me and being around other adults, she develops her belief systems. Um and and she needs to grow out of that later on. She's going to realize, oh, I'm in control of what I believe. But right now, because she's learning to attach beliefs, she's like kind of using uh, the interaction she has with me as a way to learn that, mm-hmm. um, how to attach beliefs, how to. But that doesn't mean she's going to. She's learning how to take things as part of herself, how to love things, how to believe in things. Right. I'm just a training ground for that. And that doesn't mean that she's going to be what I say she's going to be. She's not mine. She's, mm-hmm. she's mine in the sense that I am taking her as a part of myself. I am owning my responsibility because she's like an arm or like a leg of mine in terms of how much I love her and how much I want her well-being. But she's also not mine in the sense that she has her own free will, her own free agency. She's going to be able to choose more and more um, what she wants for herself. And I have nothing to do with that. Um, that's her own work that she's doing. All I do, 
if I have to be responsible for something is to create the situation and give her the tools so she empowers herself. But I don't hold any sort of ownership of her, of her beyond the fact that I love her. Right. That's it. And I think that um, as a parent, I need to be very careful not to use her as a way of doing things I couldn't do or as a way of using her uh, as like a companion or using her as a like a lump of clay that I'm going to mold into what I want her to be. I can have expectations. I, I can have desires but I have to be very, very aware that that's just my own story. That's not her right. story. Right. And I can I can communicate all that, but be very careful to let her know that even if you choose not to do any of this, you choose to do something else, you're still going to be loved. You're still going to be uh, safe with me. You're still going to belong here no matter what, because that's the only the only thing I, I give to her which is unconditional love I I have her I desire to have her to, to have her and bring her into this world because she's meeting one of my needs which is uh, the need that I had to be a mother to nurture to give but um, that doesn't mean that she has to be my child that doesn't mean that she has to forever be attached to me I would love that, but even if she decides not to, I still love her. Like, it's yeah. a, being a parent is also, you know, I could be a, a positive role model for her, or she could decide to see me as a negative role model for her. And all the all my mistakes, all the things, all the bad things I do, she might say, okay, I'm learning what not to be. Yeah. Or, or she can say, Oh, I admire my mom because she does this and that. I, to be a parent is to be prepared to be that good example or that bad example and still like be there. It's like it humbles you because you you have no control. You have no um you have to be uh aware of yourself, not to impose on your children. And yeah you could end up being something your child doesn't like the learning experience of how not to be. And that's really hard to realize that your, your children can become better, way better than you will ever be as a person. And you could be that thing that teaches you, teaches the negative. I don't want to be that. And I'm trying my best to be the positive influence, but I have zero control on how she is going to choose or, decide if i teach her well i have no control over that right yeah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) it's really it's really interesting that you say that because um i remember sitting in a session with my psychologist and he was basically telling me about uh well we, we were exploring a uh and you know about it it was the it was the thing that happened last summer when i was sitting at the table with them and i expressed myself in a way my boundary <laughs> that they did not like and not going to get into that. I'm just very interested in the, 
the timeline that we have our children for. And he said that you basically have your child till about eight years old. And, you know, anything that you do within that time frame, you know, from, from zero till eight is entirely on you. And then at some point, you know, they start to like really form themselves. And, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that, um, people hold their children as kind of like prized possessions and stuff. Like uh, I just, I was hearing somebody the other day talk about it. I don't know who it was. It may have actually been uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, but um, he was basically, this, this person was saying that like, you know, it's, it's absolutely absurd that we kind of like, not kind of, we, because of, how we feel about ourselves because of our self-esteem we we do everything that we can to make sure that our child is the track star or the i don't know the the the, the leading part in the play or like w- whatever it is because of how it makes us feel it has nothing to do with them in fact we you know we negate everything that they want and need it's a matter of our self-esteem and the reason I'm bringing this up is because this has everything to do with what you're saying. Like, you know, our our children are not our property. It's 100% true. And I think that too many parents out there don't get that. Um, and it's a danger because you're doing one of two things. You're either creating a really great relationship with your child or you're unconsciously building resentment with them or from them because if they spend their entire life doing what you want them to do and not what they want to do, you know, like imagine just, you know, imagine your entire life, you're placed in positions doing things that you don't want to do. It's funny because when I say this, I think about what I heard the, uh, the talk from Alan Watts and he was talking and he was, he was saying like, think about how absurd it is. You're, you know, are you going to go on living as to do, you know, as to continue doing things that you don't want to do to go to a job, to make money, to continue doing things that you don't want to do. It's better to have a short life and be happy than to have a long life and be miserable. And the reason why I bring this up is because, um, one, it's important. Far too many people out there are not doing what they want to do. <laughs> and that has to do with pressure. That has to do with how their parents raise them and the believing that they have to do what their parents want them to do rather than what they want to do themselves. And, um you know, a lot of parents just try to instill fearful ideas of practicality. Okay, well, if you don't follow the practical route, you know, you're just not going to make it. No one, I, I, I think that when we look at, um, you know, practicality and everything, it's more so um, just, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a choice. Like, what I'm trying to get at here is that the parents are like placing all of the burden on the child and that really fucks the child up a lot um it fucks up the way that they approach their relationships everything and yeah i just i wanted to mention that because we were going into this thing so you still there pedal Perla? 
Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, okay. Um, I think that even if my daughter didn't want it to have a relationship with me, like you're not, I'm not doing any of this. So I have a good relationship with her, like long term. I that's what I want because I think relationships are the most important thing you can have. It's more important than money. Right. Um, love, safety, and belonging, uh, relationships, connection. It's more important than food and water. Right. Um, but. Uh, and I have, that's one of my needs. I want to, uh, that's one of my, but even if she didn't want it to have a relationship with me, um, I'm still going to do what I need to do to get her to make those choices consciously. Like, it's not about, um, it's not about keeping her, it's not about being successful as a parent, but a successful parent uh, love their children unconditionally, see them as part of themselves, and does not have expectations for them. Right. But nobody is like that. We all have expectations. We all want to have character. Like, um, we have problems with our character. We all have some sort of thing that is going to hurt our child. We're always going to fragment their consciousness we're always gonna become a source of pain for our children like it's not it's kind of like you you do your best but you know you are human and you're gonna fail in many areas um it's just trying your best to create healthy environments for your child and for yourself and that's the best you can do but i don't really have um expectation that I'm going to be a perfect parent and that she's going to want to have a relationship with me long term that's that's what I, I would love but I, I don't I know that that might might or might not happen because that's not the goal for me right, right. um self-awareness and teaching self-awareness is the goal for me um tell try to give her the tools that I know will help her to have uh, to live a happy prosperous and productive and um interesting life um there's no there's not a lot of safety of course for her there is not a lot more um than that right yeah 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 absolutely and you get to do and you have to do all that even when you're not feeling good <laughs> right right 100 percent which uh, I have to say, you do a wonderful job at that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> of course, though. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to explore anything else? or? I don't know how long your pod- podcasts are. Is this like 54 minutes, you know? Oh, it's plenty. <laughs> usually, usually, I mean, I've done podcasts where they're like two hours long. I've done podcasts that are an hour. I've done podcasts that are 15, 30 minutes, you know. Um, it's really more so about the material that we're presenting with rather than the duration. So, um, yeah. Uh, one last thing I just wanted to recall because we're, we, we were talking about choice before. And I want to recall one of my, if not my favorite movie, which I just actually realized 
I think is my favorite movie the other day. I told you too, Carla. Um, there actually, no, I can't do that. If anyone here hasn't seen the movie, then it's gonna mess it up for them. I'm not. I'm not a bad sport. I I I grew up with people spoiling movies for me, and I hated it. So I'm not gonna do that. Um, mm. Basically, what I want to say is that, you know, when it comes to choice, you have choice. When it comes to free will, you have free will. It doesn't matter how difficult the decision is. You know, it's not like you have a gun pointed at your head. You know, and in those rare occasions when somebody is mugging you on the street and they've got a Glock to your head, that's very unfortunate and it's a tragedy. And I'm sorry if that ever happens to anyone. Um, but 99% of the time, I should say 99.99% of the time, you do not have a gun pointed at your head. All the pressure that you think you have is bullshit. It's a fucking illusion. And don't get me wrong, it has its place in everything, you know, whether it's parental pressure, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing your gods come to you and be like, you need to do this. You know, that's, that's real. <laughs> but that's not to say that you still don't have a choice of being like, no, <laughs> you know, um, we always have that choice. It's not an easy choice, but it's there. It's always going to be there. Um, and so just understanding that your happiness comes down to your choices. Because if you find yourself deeply unhappy in life, it has it, it, it probably has to do with a few, a few things. It probably has to do with lack of responsibility, lack of accountability, lack of sincere choices. Um, everything that goes back to individuating and being an individual, you know, standing on your own two feet and everything. And, you know, uh, I guess the metaphor we could use, you know, having an actual backbone. But again, all that stuff goes back to boundaries and stuff and, you know, being codependent and a people pleaser and stuff. Um, I just really want to make it very clear for everyone listening that you always have a choice, regardless of how you feel, regardless of who you're dealing with. If you have to cut family out, do it. Um, it's not easy for many people. Um, I don't buy into that idea that blood is thicker than water. Um, if it's abuse, you need to get it out. Um, if it's not healthy for you, it's not, if it's not beneficial for you, um, you need to get it out of your life. And, um, yeah, I think we covered everything. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Um, by the way, wait, should I, do you, <laughs> I was, I was gonna, I was gonna plug your, your business, your, uh, your jewelry thing. You want me to do that or? I don't think it matches this, but if you want, yes. Okay, well, Perla has an incredible selection, or not not selection, an incredible collection of um, handmade jewelry that I think is very beautiful. Um, how do you want me to call it, babe? Uh, Pieroa Forest. Okay, just like that? All right, so, yeah, Pieroa Forest. P-I-A-R-O-A, uh, Forest, F-O-R-E-S-T. And this is basically, um, they're literally that, handmade jewelry, handmade earrings, all that stuff, um, with clay, with different materials within the clay. And uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't usually wear jewelry, but I am considering, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really beautiful. And uh, just wanted to put that out there proud of her for this because she's really doing well um 
other than that, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Awakened Space Podcast. And uh, yeah, much love, light, and peace over and out. Namaste. Thank you for joining, Perla. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs>